All right, should we get to our sexy story this week? Ladies, gentlemen, you cannot unsuck that dick. (laughs) It was hot. It was really quite something. (laughs) Do you like when someone else makes me moan? Do not show up looking like you slept in your clothes. In your car. There is nothing sexier than getting railed by two dudes at the same time. I'll just say that. Hey everyone, welcome to Front Porch Swingers. I'm Brenna. I'm Brian. Guys, our amazing partners, altplayground.net, we want to tell you our favorite thing about the site today. For me, it's definitely our community, which is called Front Porch Swingers. If you're on Alt Playground and you haven't come to say hello in our community yet, we hope you will. It has been so much fun posting exclusive videos and pictures there. Uh, also, just getting to know some new people through the community. We've been able to reach out and talk to people that we never would have connected with otherwise. And uh, if you ask me, that's pretty fucking cool. For me, I like the inclusivity of it. I like the idea of all the opportunities for the various gender identifications and sexuality identifications. I think that's just really unique to Alt Playground. And it just makes it feel like the community makes it feel like a place you really want to be. And it's uh, comfortable and easy to to speak to different people from all over. Yeah, and I'm never concerned recommending Alt Playground to people, whether they are a same-sex couple, a couple with one or both partners being bisexual, etc. There's just a place for everyone at Alt Playground, and that's pretty fucking sweet in our opinion. Yes, it is. So head on over to altplayground.net today. Check it out for yourself, and like we said, come say hello to us. For sure. So... Lots going on the last week. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been hectic to say the least. I am I'm training to get my CDL. Yes, you are. I'm driving a gigantic bus around our town pretty much every other day, uh, training with a company who was kind enough to help me and get me through the process. Yeah. So I'm basically working three full time jobs. Yeah. Good time. You're working like 90 hours a week. Yeah. It's How does insane. that feel? It's insane. Insane. Matter of fact, we're going to talk a little bit about it today with the experience you had with Clint when he came over. I was basically passed out on the couch. Well, yeah, you have been the last couple of weeks. You're just fucking exhausted. Yeah, it's crazy. Getting up at 4.45, working out in the morning, getting to my office at 7, leaving at about 10, going to drive a bus till 3, back to the office till 5. It is fucking crazy. And then all of our stuff in the evenings. I literally yeah. don't know how you're doing it, but you have been like a walking fucking zombie. Yeah, it's insane. And then of course this weekend, finally we got our roll off. We got a dumpster dropped off at our house so I could completely get all the shit out of the garage. It was really very liberating to oh, get that shit out of there. It felt so good. It was just like, get. I mean, I found shit from years ago, a decade ago. I found old business cards. Well, and- by the time you got home at like 1.30 in the afternoon, I'd already been at it for like three and a half hours. I was I was like, I got to get rid of this stuff before you even see it. So there can't, I cannot allow you to go through any of it in the event that you wanted to keep any what of it. What do you it. mean? Like old pictures and shit? No, or no, just, yeah, well, especially my old stuff. I mean, you saw the stuff I found from, I mean, my God, I found my grandparents' wedding, you know, marriage certificates and death certificates and birth certificates and high school diplomas. And I mean, just the craziest shit. Yeah. You know, stuff that's been around forever that I hadn't even know was even in those boxes. And then just the shit we've accumulated over the course of our relationship stuffed in the garage. Well, it's it's really funny because the just amount of stuff that you and I have brought into this relationship. Oh, my God. Has been astounding to me. And it proves how much shit you don't need, but you still purchase. And I think... My new motto in life and what I'm really trying to work hard towards is 
collect experiences or memories, not things. Because yeah. the amount of money that we have thrown now in dumpsters and taken to the dump is yeah. heartbreaking. It's crazy. All the clothing that we have donated, fortunately, we've had the opportunity to, to donate all of our clothing. We had a you know, gigantic forest fire here this year. So there's a lot of folks that were displaced and lost all their stuff and were able to give away clothing and china and dishes and whole, yeah, flatware and all decor. that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So we were able to purge a lot of that stuff. And then you just look at the crap. And I'm, I pride myself on not being a collector of shit. And meanwhile, I have all this shit that I've been dragging around with me for 10 or 15 or 20 years. Yeah. It's crazy. Does it just feel like this weight off of you? Yeah, I have no use for it. Because now we don't buy anything. I can't even remember the last time we bought something. No. Unless it, you know, no. besides the necessities, groceries and, yeah, but, and toiletries and shit like that. But we don't buy anything now. No, I'm happy to just have gotten fucking rid of it, which is really nice. So we have a dumpster outside, which is going to get picked up Tuesday and have another one dropped off so we can get the remainder of the shit out of here. Yeah. It's going to be really nice. Like the four. Four Christmas trees we had in the basement. <laughs> Four Christmas I trees. I love Christmas, okay? We yeah. probably had, I bet you I had 10 boxes of Christmas decor. For sure. The first box I picked up in the garage to throw in the dumpster yesterday fell, the bottom of it opened up, and Christmas balls went all over the fucking floor. <laughs> I know, there's still one under the steps. <laughs> so I'm covered in fucking sparkles and shit. I was like, oh, this is going to be a long day. Yeah, well, it's just, it's interesting because you start reprioritizing things. Like, if you would have asked me five years ago if I would have been getting rid of all my Christmas decorations, I would have been like, fuck. No, that's well, like my prized possessions. Yeah, you realize very quickly what is valuable and what isn't. And like, you know, like even the clothing, we just went through our closet again today, uh, put everything in space bags, vacuum bags that, that we were keeping. Everything else is getting donated. There's just, we just don't, I don't need like 50 t-shirts. I, yeah. I don't, I just, it's not a thing. I think the only things I didn't really downsize on are lingerie. <laughs> well, a little bit. We got rid of some of it because it was damaged or whatever. Just and a couple pieces. Some really. of it's in space bags that'll be stored, and then the rest of it, you know, you use you use a lot of it. So yeah. wear it all the time. So which is fine. But a lot of this stuff, I just don't even remember I had it. Like, I think I wear my lingerie more than I wear most of my other clothing. For sure. <laughs> which for is sure. fucking awesome. I celebrate that so whole, wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're gonna do more of that. But yeah, so it was really nice to get rid of all that shit. Plus, I've been seeing my uh, regular gal friend and then this another gal I've been playing with regularly Amy, who Amy. we talked about last week yep and so I've been busy you've been busy trying to coordinate all kinds of shit well Thursday I don't know how you did it because you got up at like 4 30 in the morning yeah you quickly worked out uh-huh. then you played with Amy yep then you went to two different jobs yep then you came home and we had business shit to do for another couple of hours yeah. and then you made dinner and then you fucking crashed yeah I was done I'm, I was pretty much going on instinct by the end of the night <laughs> there was no fucking energy left it was so fucking draining dealing with my clients and then i've got to go and drive a gigantic charter bus all day with an instructor i mean it was so much so much fucking work it's so much work yeah it's all gonna be worth it though it will yes 2021 is gonna be a fucking blast and i cannot wait till 2022 even more fun oh yeah lots of opportunities in 22 for sure so anyway you had uh, an experience, a couple of experiences actually, but we're going to talk about one because I think it was really quite prolific. The uh, your the most recent experience. <laughs> That's what we're going to call it prolific. <laughs> yeah, the most recent experience you had with Clint, which uh, really was I found it very interesting. Okay, this I'm interested to hear why you think it's interesting. I think it's interesting too, but I think maybe for a different reason than you okay, do. Okay, well, so. we'll find out. We'll, we'll hear get about to it today. that. <laughs> First, we absolutely have to do single. 
or I should it's just say really, tip of the week. Yeah, it's it's lifestyle tip of the week. It's not necessarily single guy tip of the week. It's no, more it's of a couple, couple tip, tip of, of the week. week. It never ceases to amaze me how there are some folks out there, and I didn't even tell you this. I'll, I'll mention this to you also, how some folks out there are really so far off the mark. You In know? terms of their communication with other people, There's, or their abilities, to, yeah, their abilities, their lack of ability to communicate effectively, it really does blow me away. We got a message. I just saw it as I was just looking at my phone. I hardly ever look at a lot of this plat, the, the profiles that we have. You are much better at that than I. We were contacted by a couple who lives about an hour and a half away from us. And we have never corresponded with these folks before. They reached out on our mutual profile, where you and I were both on it. It was like demanding what they were looking for. Like, we're available today. We're going to be in your town today. You have to be prepared to play in a car, be mobile. Hold on, hold on. A couple wanted all four of us to play in a car? Yes, and it was very specific. Like it was today, we had to be mobile. This is ASAP, no games. Like, are you fucking serious? (laughs) First of all, there's not even an image of you people. Like we don't even know who the fuck you are. And we don't, this is gonna randomly meet you at this point. Like are you fucking serious and just show up at a, a, in your car? Get the fuck out of here. Logistically, how do four people fuck in a car? Listen, I, I need don't, to know. I don't know how big this fucking car Unless is. Unless it's like care. a van, like a, a don't you know, care. one of the vans that goes back and forth from the airport or yeah, something. Yeah, transit van. Yeah, I don't care. I'm not doing it. <laughs> it's fucking weird, right? Like, who thinks that that's a thing? Like, does that actually work? Did they? I'm wondering how many people they sent that to and if anyone actually seriously responded well, to it. Well, we always say that when we get these off-the-wall responses, and I honestly believe that sometimes it does work. And I, I, guess I think that's kind of gross and i wish it wouldn't <laughs> yeah i mean listen i guess there's there is absolutely something to be said for that random spontaneous hookup but i gotta say right now is probably not the best time for that it, you know we go it's through not a, just that though it's also it's there are places and times for random hookups if you're at a really nice club and you, you know catch the eye of another couple and you all happen to just four click and go fuck that's very different than come meet us in our car yeah but right now the idea of meeting at a club is virtually non-existent sure. so maybe you're at a restaurant and somehow two couples who are <laughs> lifestyle adjacent catch each other's attention even that's so fucking far-fetched yeah, yeah. but the idea that now you're going to reach out to a couple you don't know yep never communicated with before you have no images of your own and you expect them to meet you in some random fucking spot in your town and play in a car (laughs) like come on what are you talking about yeah i mean are people losing their minds that much once again we say this all the time and we actually had a a lovely conversation with a couple that we're doing some coaching with last night they were just super sweet and mentioned to them how fortunate we feel like we are because we have regular playmates yes responsible fun, regular playmates. And we trust that they are being honest with us about what it is they're doing yeah, and their the, protocols. Well, and I, Ironically, the two gals that I'm playing with and seeing, one I'm actually seeing regularly, uh, more of a polyamorous type situation, she's, uh, I don't even know how to explain it, very, very much in the medical space and the preventative maintenance space in terms of sexuality and health. And then Amy's a nurse. Yeah. So the idea of playing with these folks or just being around them, I should say, is just comforting. And being able to like see them all the time, you know? Yeah. I just, I, I think that's really cool. Right I now, I think it's, it's like, it's awesome to have that. Yeah, so I agree. I dig it. Well, my 
couple tip of the week goes along with this, and it's not quite as egregious as your meeting in the car, but let me explain why I don't like this interaction. There's okay? a lot of reasons I don't like it. When you read it to me, I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. So the very first message that they send is, hey, how goes it? Was wondering if you might be available for some naughty fun tonight. I said, hey there, not available this evening. Hope you find your fun. <laughs> they said, that's okay. No worries. Maybe another time. Do you by chance know of any other bi females we could potentially fuck tonight? Yeah. I said no. And I also said, you know, maybe not the best way to go about this entire thing. Here's my main issue with this is I don't know you. You are a couple reaching out to what you perceive to be a single woman. They weren't asking us to play. They were asking me to play. Right. They were on your profile, right? You had right. Your own, yeah. Yeah. Specifically looking for a bi female. That's what their profile says as well. Right. They reach out basically assuming that I'm going to just go over and fuck them at their house without any knowledge of who they are, meeting them in a vanilla location, any of those types of things. Then to follow it up with, well, do you have any other second options for us? Because basically, you know, we're just going through the Rolodex to try to find someone to fuck tonight. Yeah. That makes me feel so unspecial. And it's also just kind of icky. I don't know. The whole thing felt just icky to me. I find, once again, I find that type of mentality bizarre. Because is it? do you think that they believe that because they are lifestyle folks or seemingly lifestyle folks and that they're reaching out to someone who is presumably a lifestyle person, that somehow there's this connection and you just offer that information because it's some kind of unspoken rule like we're all part of the same club certainly you yeah. would you Let would me just share pass that. on the name and number of some random bisexual woman to you yeah like are you fucking kidding me like once again does that work Where, when does that work and with whom i need to know i don't know you know i just i don't i just don't get it plus i've said over and over again and obviously this couple doesn't know this but i think one of the reasons it kind of hit home for me as well is i have only ever played with one couple by myself yes, yes. and that experience was fucking phenomenal they yeah. were so nice to me they picked up the bill for everything which of course they did not have to do i don't ever expect that but it did make it was me a feel, date it made me feel special and it also put me at ease because it's like well these people give a shit and they're putting in an effort well first of all you were out of state you were in miami at the time obviously yep. you know pre-covid world and they treated you as though you they were taking you out on a date, which is just appropriate. Yeah. They picked you up and you guys walked together to the location you went to eat. They obviously picked up a tab, which they certainly did not have to do. And they treated it like they were taking a woman out on a date, yeah. which is what that should be. Yeah. And, and because of that, it made my walls come down a little bit. Sure. You know it's, what a, I mean? it's a level of comfort. Because you know? as, a, as a who's I'm playing at that moment as a single woman, there are these walls you have to kind of put up because sure. there is some some perceived danger in basically any interaction that you go into. It's just kind of this inherent danger that exists for women in our society, which is really fucked up. And I wish it wasn't that way. Yeah. But I'm telling you, if you're not a woman and you're listening right now, it's a real thing. We're fucking scared every time we go into interactions. And I think when a couple especially puts in the effort to really make it seem as if they're getting to know you and they care about you as a person, that is what makes for a good interaction. Yeah, for sure. We have friends that are a couple, that is a couple and, and they have a horror story with, with the gal of the couple basically being assaulted by another couple. Yeah. It's fucking terrible. So yeah, it, you gotta be, 
you've just got to be smart about this. I mean, you've got to go about it intelligently. You know, I mean, what makes them think that that would be normal? And of course, they don't know you. You don't know them. And because you're not available or not interested, you're just going to pass on the information of someone else to them? Right. Who, who does that? Yeah. How's I don't that? know you people from, you know, a hole in the wall. Yeah. Why would I pass on a friend to you? Who would? Yeah, I don't even know where that comes from. So there's a lot of, it's not just the single dudes. We know that for sure. Not just the single guys. Clearly, the couple's are a little bit kind of out there too when it comes to this. And I guess there's some, it's like it's like this sexual madness at this point, right? People are behaving strangely. Very. I do. I sometimes wonder when I'm having interactions with people right now, if they would have behaved the same way a year ago. And I no, often I think, so. think probably not. I don't think so. I think there's a level of desperation and, and just eagerness to, to do something. And, and bored, you know, boredom bo- is a for sure. huge problem. You, you know, and a lot of times, when, especially when I read this one about the, the folks that re- reached out about meeting in their car randomly, I thought, you know, I wonder if they're just at a point now where since they have nothing else to do, they nothing else has worked, they're just throwing it up against the wall to see what sticks, and this is what they came up with. Yeah, single you know, guys do it all the time. Oh, absolutely. We get the most bizarre shit from the single guys, but I was not expecting that from a couple. I thought that was very strange. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, there you have it. Single couple, or uh, I should say couple tip of the week, not single guy tip of the week. Yeah. Yeah, it happens all the time. We get some strange uh, strange requests. Yeah, don't just don't be so eager to jump right into something, especially right now. You know, just well, no, be smart it, about it. And obviously they don't know us, but first of all, we have never, ever... Just met a couple and played with them. Never. Ever. Never, ever, ever. It's nope. never been a thing. You know, we're not doing that at all right now. The people that we're meeting, we're really vetting very harshly. I don't want to say, I don't want to necessarily use the term harshly, but certainly it's a deeper vetting process. And we're being very mindful about their practices and protocols. Yeah, right now we have to be. There's just so much on the line. Yeah. You know, too much, too many opportunities for mistakes, you know. For sure. But certainly I'm not meeting you in your fucking car. Fuck that. Random stranger. I have never been less turned on by any idea ever. It's meeting crazy. some random couple in a car yeah. to somehow play fucking car twister and fuck at the same time. There's definitely some people out there that will find that to be a sexy concept. We are simply not two of those people. But why? I don't know. I think it's, is I it think the it's a randomness. Of yes, it? yes. Okay. Yes. That makes is. sense, I yeah. guess. It's the unknown. It's the randomness. It's the spontaneity of it. Like, hey, let's go. We're going to go right now and go meet these people. We're not even going to think about it. We're just going to do it. That's absolutely a visceral reaction to an opportunity like that. And I totally get that. Yeah. It just doesn't work for me personally. Yeah. I mean, I've talked about the idea that I have stranger play fantasies. And there's, you know, I want to kind of meet someone in a dark room and just hook up with them and never see them again. Obviously not right now, but down the line. But I I just feel like that with a couple well, is even a that, totally different thing. Even when we did did uh, provide you the blindfold kind of scenario that we... It, there, was a, a, there was a lengthy vetting process that went into that. Well, yeah, but you did it. I didn't know right. this guy f- at right. all. Right. But but there's still a process. You know, it's not like random stranger come over to the house whom I've never met. No. You know, that's yeah. not a thing, you know? So anyway, I thought it was kind of out there. <laughs> you know, call me crazy. Couple tip of the week this week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as mentioned... Clint has made his triumphant return to both the podcast and my pants. He has a couple of times now. You've seen him a couple of times, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to talk about the second time that I've seen him since we started reconnecting because the first time was amazing. We had a fantastic time. Totally took me to the farmer's market, which was great. Yeah. But the second time has really stuck with me for some reason. I'm sure. And I want to kind of outline it and talk it through with you because I think it's really interesting. Yeah, I do too. It was 
And unfortunately, I slept through the entire thing. So. I have no fucking idea how you slept through this entire thing. Well, because thing. I was fucking exhausted. <laughs> well, I know, but I was screaming like a banshee. So I'm, uh, I was very surprised when we came downstairs and you were sleeping. But we'll, we'll get to all of the yeah, details. Yeah, it was me and Lola, the, our, our puggle, sleeping on the couch. She was passed out in my lap. I was covered in blankets. I was I was over it. Yeah. I didn't care. Yeah, you looked like a little kid all cuddled up with like four blankets on top of you. <laughs> like yeah. you'd built a fort and I did. Asleep. I built my own fort. For, for one. <laughs> so Clint and I made plans to see each other. And I think the first interaction was very, it was primal as it always is. But I think it also kind of led to some anticipation for the second time we were together. Because yeah. if you will recall, I hadn't seen Clint for almost two months or maybe even longer than that. Yeah, we had the opportunity to have uh, have an early dinner with him one night a few weeks back. And that's when you guys finally came up with a plan to see each other again. And I do feel like our communication between the first time and the second time since we reconnected was far more flirtatious and kind of silly than it usually is, which I thought was very interesting. It also, once again, kind of led to that sexy anticipation leading up to the second interaction. No doubt. Even with myself and my friend, my new friend, Amy, the second time we played was way more intense than the first time even not from the you know from an impact or primal play standpoint just from how eager we were to get each other to get our hands on each other because of the play that went on digitally between the two sessions yeah it was super fucking hot it created a build up and you're like fuck i just want to get her naked yeah you start building up that anticipation for what's coming you know coming next it's just so fucking hot yeah for sure so the second time Clint is coming to the house. You are downstairs. I tell you to tell Clint when he gets here to come upstairs. Yeah, well, what you don't know is when he came, because I was completely unaware of the time. By the time I had gotten home, I didn't even eat anything. I had no energy. I just laid down on the couch and was like, okay, Clint's going to be here. No drama. I'll get the door. Well, you had told him to just come in. So I didn't have to get up and get the door. Right. So he just came in and he sees me laying on the couch. He kind of started laughing. I'm like, I know, I know. Don't judge me. It's been a long day. So he came in, we, he sat down for a minute, we were bullshit and kind of told him what my what I was doing, what I was up to. Well, and here's the thing, I'm upstairs, I can hear Clint come in the door, I am already upstairs, I have my body all lotioned up, I'm looking all cute, I put on my maroon slip number that has yeah. like the droop in the front, so my tits are very Out. accessible. Yes. So I'm standing up there waiting for Clint, and I hear him come in the door, And of course, I expect you guys to say hello to each other really quickly. I did not expect to be waiting for like five fucking minutes. Yeah, no, we start, you know, we have this kind of banter, Clint. We have, we're like-minded in a lot of ways and have some similarities and interests. So we just started talking and bullshitting. Then we got into what I had just gotten done doing that day, which was fucking arduous. And so, yeah, all of a sudden it's like five minutes. And I thought, uh, I said, hey, you know, she's upstairs waiting on you. He's like, oh shit, yeah, I know. So he takes (laughs) his boots off real quick and, you know, runs up the stairs. Yeah, I'm standing up there going... What the fuck is taking so long? And as quickly as he got upstairs, I was probably asleep by the time he got to the top of the stairs. I don't remember hearing... I don't even remember hearing the bedroom door close. Wow. I was out. Yeah. I have no idea what was... I don't even remember doing anything. I think I was I was responding to an email on my phone when he walked in. I finished it and put it down. And then that was all I remember. I was completely unconscious. <laughs> you were done. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wasn't done. I had lots of energy to expend and Clint got all of it. <laughs> I'm sure. But it was interesting because you. it was an interesting interaction. So... <laughs> Clint comes in. I'm standing in my lingerie. I'm like, about fucking time. (laughs) 
he's right. like, I'm sorry for keeping you waiting. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> My impatient ass has been counting down the seconds till he got up there. So anyway, we pretty quickly start going to, you know, normal making out and he's kind of pulling on my hair. And, you know, I, I talked about this so many times, but every Clint interaction stands out to me for the way that it starts because it's almost like he wants to lull me into a false sense of security. That's what it feels right, like. Right, like this isn't going to be really aggressive. Yeah, because he'll start like putting his hands through my hair and kind of kissing on me and then kissing on my neck. And then all of a sudden he'll grab onto the back of my neck hard and he's digging in his fingers. And in that moment I go, okay, never mind. This, right. is, this is a normal Clint interaction. Right, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So uh, it starts out that way fairly quickly. He tells me I should get on my knees. So of course I do and he takes off his pants and his cock is out and I start sucking on it. And I think one of the things that th- that marks this interaction is a lot of teasing. Right. So any other time that I've been with Clint, he almost immediately goes to face fucking me. Right. Okay. This this time specifically, I start sucking on his cock and he's not grabbing onto the back of my head immediately. So I'm going up and down and kind of going fairly slow and then going a little bit deeper, kind of testing him, like, are you gonna put your hands on the on my head so you choke me or what's going on here? I'm I'm confused. <laughs> and I look up at him at one point and he has this look on his face of like he's very pleased with himself. Sure. And that's when I realize you're fucking teasing me. Right. I know you're going to face fuck me. You're just making me think that you're not. Right. And I think this whole cocksucking thing was really a prelude to what the entire interaction was going to be like because there was a lot of teasing that went on and I think that he was really going for that in this interaction. So I'm on my knees, his cock is in my mouth. I know that he's going to eventually face fuck me. And so of course I'm not shocked when he puts both hands on the back of my head and starts forcing his cock so deep down my throat. It was so hot. In fact, he did it for so long and so hard that my throat hurt for like three days afterwards. Yeah, you like your voice was like raspy. Yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, people are going to think I'm sick or something. Nope, that's just, you know, me getting my throat fucked for 15 minutes. It was so vigorous. And at one point, I very clearly remember looking up through my tears in my eyelashes. And he has this look on his face. Once again, like he is so pleased with himself. This was his plan the entire time. And I really liked that. It was very kind of sexy to me. So that went on for a long time. The other thing I really loved about the whole cocksucking thing, and I know not everyone's going to totally relate to this, so just bear with me as I go through this part of it if it's not your thing. But he at one point takes my slobber that I have on my chin and moves it, pushes it all around on my face, wipes it on my face. Yeah, that's a you know, there's a level of degradation in that that is a, a turn-on for some people. Certainly you. Um, my friend Amy is the same way. She's there's a little bit of that need to be degraded in, in a lot of people. So it's not I don't think it's that unusual. Yeah, it's the concept, and I tell Clint this all the time when we're texting digitally and we're kind of dirty talking about what's going to happen when we're together. I often use the phrase, I want you to use me. I want to feel used by you. Yeah. And it's so interesting to think about from a psychological perspective. I'm not 100% sure why I'm that way. I think about it a lot because in my normal life, I'm not like that at all. I'm such a strong, you know, 
take no prisoners type of person. And yet when I get into the bedroom, especially with someone that's dominant, it's like, oh, just use me, do whatever the fuck you want to me. And there's something very kind of cathartic and freeing about that for me. Yeah. Again, I don't, there's, I don't think it's that unusual. This, the gal, Amy, that I'm seeing literally was just texting me before you and I got, got up here. And her question to me as we were talking or communicating was, when are you going to use me again? Yeah. That's very literally what she what she wrote. Oh, girl and after so, my own heart. <laughs> yeah. So it's not, you know, and again, she's not putting herself down. It's not a thing where she's expecting me to treat her badly or poorly. That is a release. It's a, it's a way for her to express herself and to just be herself and not have uh, the weight of the world on her at, the, at that moment. She just wants to be taken advantage of in that space. Yeah, there's something kind of hot about feeling like you don't have a thought in your head and you're just like a fuck doll. Yeah, 100%. It's very, it allows you to release a lot of shit. Yeah, absolutely. When you're in that space and you're able to, you know, largely the case of you and Clint being able to let yourself go with that particular partner because there's a, you know, a trust has been built in a relationship. It's, uh, you know, again, cathartic, like you said, just being able to release all that. Well, it was fucking hot. I mean, he takes my slobber, puts it all over my face. And then I think he said something along the lines of, you're a dirty little slut, aren't you? Because you just wiped spit all over my face. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and yeah, I loved that moment. It really sticks out in my head as something that was just uber sexy to me. So from the face fucking, we go to the bed. And once again, Clint decides he is going to tease me. He lays me down on my back and... I assume he's going to eat me out because my legs are now kind of propped up on the bed in in eat out position, right? right. <laughs> and he doesn't go straight to my pussy. Instead, he starts biting. And I'm not talking about nibbling. I'm talking straight up biting like a fucking cannibal on my thighs. And I love that for multiple reasons. One, because obviously it's that very primal thing going on. But I also like that on my thighs, there's totally different sensations depending on where you bite. Sure. And I think you've noticed this. I, I squeak more when you're biting in certain spots than in others, even just isolated to my thighs. Yeah, it just depends on where wear on your thighs particularly if i go if i start biting your thighs closer to your ass cheeks you have you make a different sound than i do than you do if i start biting you closer to your pussy which is like very different yeah it's very sensitive the closer you get it's also less meaty the closer you get to my pussy so i think that's part of it but i do i like the the biting and i i really liked looking down at him while he was biting me because there was something that was kind of connecting about that i don't know it felt like very few people have ever bitten me in the same way that you have that way. You know what I mean? Like you're so close to my pussy. I don't know. There's a certain level of trust there. Is that strange? No. I mean, you've got to, you know, you bite a little too hard. Things can get weird. So you've got to have just the the right level of trust in your partner that that's not going to happen, you know? Well, I think in order for it to be erotic, it has to be someone that I really wanted down that close to my pussy with their teeth. For sure. So that was kind of fun. But I assumed he was going to go from biting to licking my pussy. And the whole time in my head, I'm going, when is that tongue going to be on my clit? And why has it not happened yet? And he, at one point, stopped biting, but started playing with my pussy with his hand instead of his mouth. Not that I was disappointed by that, but I mean, I, I love when he eats me out too. So he did eventually start licking me, but it was very short-lived. And then he went to fingering me, okay? And Clint loves to make me squirt. It is one of his favorite things. He does it in a lot of different play sessions. But... 
for whatever reason, I it was taking me a while to really squirt this time around. Well, it's not. I mean, it's not something that you do every single time you have sex. It's just not a thing. No, it really depends on a, a number of different you know, components. So I'm not surprised by that. No, but he just so he was he had two fingers inside of me and he was really going to town on me. I definitely came and I came hard. And he wanted to continue to try to make me squirt. So he kept going with it. I orgasmed again. And I heard like the squishiness where you know you're super wet. But I still don't think that I, I squirted. And what was really interesting is a lot of times right after I orgasm, if you go straight back into that hard penetration, it's too much sensation for me. Yeah, you're overly sensitive at that point. You can, I can barely breathe on your clit and then you, you can't take it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And my G-spot gets very sensitive as well. It yeah. kind of pulsates after I've orgasmed and I notice if I have that deep and hard movement right up against my g-spot right after I've come it's very sensitive and it doesn't become pleasurable anymore so I had to like grab his hand I knew he was trying to make me squirt and I would have loved to because I think he and I both really enjoy it but I don't think that I got there this time I think I was just really wet so but that was still hot I enjoyed it and then from there he pulls me to one edge of the bed and pulls my head off of the edge of the bed so I'm still on my back my head is off the edge of the bed and he comes up on the side with my head and starts throat fucking me again at first he has one hand on each side of my head and is kind of holding me in position while he's fucking my throat and then then things get really crazy he starts 69ing me so he's laid over on top of me licking my pussy starts licking my ass a little bit and then the impact starts and this is where things get fucking crazy it is the hardest impact i've probably ever had on my tits i mean he is slapping them over and over again then he starts biting on my nipples biting on my tits he's squeezing them in between his hands and i love breast play breast and nipple torture it is one of my favorite things especially when it's that animalistic nature happening i can honestly say this is the closest i've ever gotten to orgasm just with breast and nipple play yeah you were telling me that and I, it, i'm not surprised based on the the marks that obviously that were left on you afterwards when i saw them i was not surprised obviously but it, it made sense when you said that yeah i felt my my body start to quicken i didn't actually get to orgasm but i had that pre-orgasmic feeling and i was shocked by that because i've never had that happen from breast and nipple play yeah. and i think it was also the mindset that i was in in that moment i mean he was just fucking my face and using me and you know telling me I was a dirty slut on top of this amazing breast and nipple torture. And fuck, I mean, it was just, it was really, really lovely. I will also say that is the point that I really started to realize that I was kind of floating. We've talked about subspace before. For those of you who are not familiar with it, subspace is when you kind of just lose yourself in the sensation. Typically it happens from some level of pain. It's a pain pleasure mixture and the combination in your brain just creates this amazing chemical reaction. And that was, I really started to kind of float away because of the breast and nipple torture. And so I remember him opening a condom and getting on top of me. And a lot of what happened when he was actually fucking me was it was interesting because he started really slow and sensual with me, which is not our MO. I was very surprised by it. I think it was probably because we had just had such crazy impact and yeah. he wanted to kind of bring me back, bring me back to surface level and not go overboard with me. But it did fuck with my head a little bit because it's like, okay, you just 
just slapped my tits for 10 minutes and now you're like slowly pumping into me and kind of caressing me and I remember running my hands up and down his arms much more intimate than we've been in the past. Well, it makes sense. You know, you're going from a very aggressive kind of situation to knowing your partner and he knows you well enough to know that there's got to be a little bit of that roller coaster ebb and flow kind of thing where you're you're going very very hard for such a period of time that you've got to slow it down a little bit. This last time I was just with Amy, she and I have been together now 3 times. This third time that we were together, there was it was aggressive for sure. There there was always that primal aspect and the and the impact play. But I could tell that after a certain amount of time, it was maybe 15 or 20 minutes of real hard impact while I was, we were actually having intercourse, the, her touching me changed. She went from digging her nails into me to really starting to like rub my back and run her hands over my head. So I could tell that easing back, you know, taking my foot off the gas a little bit was going to make a lot of sense in that moment, which I did, slowed the, you know, the rhythm down a little bit and got a little bit more sensual. And then very quickly, or I say quickly, 10, 15 minutes later, right back into the aggressive kind of hard pounding sex that I knew she wanted, but needed a break from. Yeah. You know, you can, you can just tell that, which is obvious with you and Clinton. You guys have been together long enough. He can, he can read those signs. Well, that would be a really interesting question to ask him if the reason it started more sensual is because he sensed that I needed it. I also think sometimes the top needs it. Oh, right. Sure. Yeah. Listen, like he, yeah. he's like, I just gave you all of these crazy marks all over your tits, and it was so aggressive. Maybe I need to come down from that before we continue with the aggressive primal play. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we'll we'll talk a bit more about it uh, after your you finish your story. But you get done with a rough session with Clint. I get done with a session with a, with a play partner like like Amy, for example. And then when you and I get together, while our sex is normally very aggressive, it tends to be less aggressive because I've given everything. You have already been the sub and, and, and taken a lot of that that impact. We just don't have any more of that to give each other. Right. So the, our, our intimacy becomes very different. And I, I think that's very normal. For sure. So back to the story. He is on top of me. It's this very kind of sensual sex, which I really liked, but I was also confused by. And like I said, I really kind of to float through this entire thing. In fact, now that I'm really thinking about it, I think that there are chunks of the actual penetrative sex and what was going on during that time that I've kind of lost, which is normal for me when I'm in these primal sessions, especially with Clint. But I do remember he's on top of me. It's fairly sensual. And then at some point he starts biting me. And it's hard. I'm not talking, once again, nibbles. I am talking straight up teeth sinking into my skin. He bit me on the shoulder and then he bit me once kind of on each side of my tit. And this is why I was so surprised that you slept through this entire thing because I remember very distinctly at one point going, holy fuck, I am going to get the cops called on us because it was so loud. I was literally screeching like a banshee. I didn't hear a damn thing. <laughs> Nothing. I literally can't believe that because nope. it was so, I mean, like I said, just this insane pain, but I was also in the right mindset for it. So I'm saying screeching, but really it's like a mixture of moaning and <laughs> not screaming. I don't even know how to describe it. I have no idea. I slept through the entire episode. Well, 100%. I would like to have Clint describe what it is. I'm going to say very loud animalistic moaning. That's what it was. Yeah, I would, like an animal in distress kind of thing, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I don't, I literally remember, I have no recollection of any of it. 
So then fireworks at the end of this penetrative session. I mean, by the end of it, he is choking me. He is slapping me across the face. He is pulling my hair. He is leaning down, biting my ear, saying horrible, wonderful, disgusting things in my ear. I say that in the best possible way ever because it was so fucking hot. I mean, it, it was so rough that by the time it all kind of stopped, I was lost. Yeah. Yeah. You told me you started crying. I started crying, but I don't even know why I was crying. Just a just a release, emotional release. I mean, by that point, you had been playing for probably a good period of time. I honestly don't know how well long. over an hour. So yeah, I mean, I imagine there was just that emotional release that's happened before to you. So it's not that I don't think that's super unusual. I think it's just kind of a collapsing of of the emotions. You know, I think honestly, what it was for me now, looking back on it, and I I will say this: I kind of stifled the tears. I was wiping them away. I wasn't actually like crying crying it was more just tears kind of streaming down my face and clint asked multiple times are you okay is everything okay he was being so great in that moment and i didn't want him to feel like anything had gone wrong or like this entire thing had gone off the rails somehow because that's not how i saw it i saw this entire thing as an amazing experience very rough very aggressive but also kind of what I needed in that moment, because like we were talking about at the beginning, our lives are fucking crazy right now. Everything in my world feels topsy-turvy. And sometimes what I need to bring me back to center, and I know this is not something everyone's going to relate to, but those of you who are in the BDSM world, I think probably can relate to this a lot. When you just have a scene that makes you feel so sexual and so I don't know like you're able to just let go of everything it's very very powerful and I think that that's what this was for me it was just I I collapsed into the feelings at that moment and I was crying and it was fucking weird and so yeah that's what happened (laughs) well but again not that unusual when you consider when all things are considered you know, all the stressors that are going on and, and the pressures that are going on. Uh, and then you have this very intense kind of session with someone that you have a, a relationship with and understands your body. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's pretty, pretty normal. Yeah. He definitely knew to kind of calm me down in that moment. It was a lot of, you know, putting his fingers through my hair and rubbing my arm and I was rubbing his arm back and our conversation became much less sexual and much more about just shit going on in our world. And that felt really nice too, because I did need to come down from all that. I was very, very fuzzy. In fact, until today, when I was really thinking about this interaction, I didn't even remember that I had sucked his cock again that night. So at one point we stopped conversation and I got down and I started sucking his cock again because he hadn't come yet. Right. And, and I was kind of expecting for us to get there again i think both of us were kind of expecting that we would probably have sex like penetrative sex again but i was sucking his cock and it was much less crazy than the first time around he was kind of thrusting his hips up into my mouth and i was going deep on his cock but it was definitely not face fucking i wouldn't say it was it was much more sensual and soft than that Uh, Which was nice because it's interesting how everyone thinks of aftercare as things like, oh, we're going to cuddle or I'm going to, you know, provide you with snacks or you're going to get into a hot bath or whatever. Sometimes it can be providing oral sex. And I think it was for me. I I needed to decompress via sex. And I know that's not going to make sense to a lot of people, but that's what it was for me. It was also a situation where he understood that due to how aggressive the the nature of the sex was prior to that, that taking it a little bit easier was certainly on the 
menu. Yeah. So we did. And it was nice. I mean, I probably sucked his cock for another five or 10 minutes. Like I said, he didn't come. And I think once again, that was okay. I like that Clint has a great IQ, sexual IQ, and and doesn't necessarily expect that from me every time. And it was nice to just be able to end the session once again, kind of cuddling after that oral sex and, and just talking and being normal with one another. And it was really, really fucking nice. It was the perfect primal scene. And I guess that's why I didn't want to burst into tears with him either, because I didn't want him to think that it wasn't amazing for me, because it really, really was. It was exactly what I needed. I don't think he would have been thrown off by that, though. I mean, the, the idea of releasing all those emotions in situations like that, you know, he's, he's not unaccustomed to that. I don't think he would have taken it any other way. Yeah, I probably I think far too much about these types of things. I'm too fucking overly analytical and it definitely backfires on me because I also think that it's one of those things where I wanted to show myself in those moments. Like when we have sex, when he's choking me and with his cock and, you know, putting spit on my face and fucking me until I'm, you know, screaming, I'm totally myself in those moments. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. I should have been able to show that to him afterwards, too. For some reason, there was still that barrier that exists there. And I think part of it is that, you know, the idea of crying during sex is such a... It's not a sexy thing. Well, but it's also not the first time he's seen you cry, either. Yeah, but the first time he saw me cry was legit because I was in serious physical pain. For those of you who don't remember, we were playing with a clothes hanger. He put it on my nipple and we kind of moved wrong. He yanked it off when neither of us were ready for for it and I legit cried like I thought my nipple had come off with that fucking clothes hanger in that moment I'm okay crying because it's like I'm experiencing physical pain and therefore it makes sense to cry yeah but the idea that you would have that you were shedding tears let's call it while while during this session it it makes sense because of that that emotional release it's just something that I think is not that unusual in that kind of a situation yeah so he certainly wouldn't have been thrown off by it I'm sure he wasn't Agreed. Probably not. I I also, I was excited about this interaction and I was excited to talk about it because it's the first time I've been in what I consider in subspace for a long time. It was also one of the more evident sessions as far as days went on of how fucking rough it was. And I like that. I like that I woke up the next day with bruising on my body and sore and my throat hurt and all of this shit. So you guys finished up whatever, however much time went by. I was completely out of it. And I remember waking up, you were sitting next to me on the couch. I didn't really know how, you know, what time it was or anything. I had no concept of what time it was. And I got up and, and got some water and then we had a conversation about how, you know, how was your, you know, your night and, you know, how was it? And you were showing me these bruises and I realized just how intense it must have been. And then that later that evening when we were reconnecting, you were very sore. So our session was nowhere near kind of the impact session it normally would be. In fact, there were certain positions you couldn't even get into. Nope. You couldn't get on your stomach because your boobs were so sore. Well, we didn't even try that night. I told you that I wasn't going to be able to lay on my stomach because my tits hurt so bad. But the next day, you would have thought I would have been okay to do it. Absolutely not. You went to lay me on my stomach and I was laying there for about 10 seconds and I had to go, oh, this isn't going to work. We have to switch positions. No. It was that intense and my tits hurt that bad. Well, I, I can always tell how far off you are like physically by how long it takes you to orgasm and it took you entirely too long the first night the first night right after i played with him Yeah. yeah it was obvious that you were so spent that you had you know listen it takes a lot out of you to have a session like that and you were just not 
in, in the right headspace. And normally, if I go down on you, it's 30 seconds and you come like that fast. Yeah. That was not the case. No. In fact, I rode your cock for a little bit and I didn't come, which nope. never fucking happens. Nope. And then you laid me on the bed and you went down on me. And you, I mean, how long did you have to go down on me? Like 10 minutes? No, not quite. Maybe five minutes, but certainly not the 30 or 45 seconds it normally takes you to have an orgasm that oh, way. You're just that good. No, it's just, <laughs> you, you know, we have, you know, I mean, listen, we have a recipe. We know what works for each other. Yeah, yeah, And sure. so when that happens, I know instinctively it was a rough session. It took everything out of you. And this is not going to be a long session for us because you just don't have it in you. Right. So it Did took that bother longer. you? No, I just, you know, it's one of those things that you just have to recognize. And certainly we do. I knew it right away. When you were riding my cock, I was sitting on the couch and you came over, you were sucking my cock and then you got on my lap. When you didn't have an orgasm within the first couple of minutes, I, I knew that you had just given everything you had earlier. You were just exhausted. You know, physically, you were just spent. And mentally. And mentally. And then, of course, when I went down on you and it took as long as it did, that was really like the antithesis of it for me. I was like, okay, we're going to take it easy tonight and just, you know, we're going to end this thing on a softer note, which is what we did. But then the following day, you were even more sore. And our play session was very different as well. And day three was different because it literally took the three days for you to recover from it. Yeah. You know? I got the shit beat out of me in the sexiest yeah. possible way. But I think that begs the question. We talk so often about all of the play that we have is to benefit our relationship. Yeah. We don't do things unless we think that they are somehow going to elevate our sex or bring us closer together. And therefore, when I have a session as rough as this one, where for three days we have to work around my injuries, does that negatively impact us? I don't think so. I am already prepared for what's going to happen in a situation like that. Night one, I knew and I knew right away that this was going to be a process. You were super sore. You were absolutely emotionally and physically drained. So this was going to take a couple of days. And whether it's two days, three days, or four days, whatever eventually we're going to get to the point where we will benefit from it. Oh, you, know? you have so much more patience than I do. I am literally like a petulant child. I would not think of it that way. Yeah, I, well, you have to. I have to. It just makes sense, right? Here's the thing. You, there, there's a price to be paid for all of all of the things that we do. So if the price of this particular session with you and Clint was that it's going to take three days for us to really benefit from it, well, then it's going to take three days. That's the that's the cost. I think that's a really good point because I will say once I was recovered, I feel like our sex was insane yeah. and we couldn't keep our hands off each other. It got really intense like like the fourth the day like the fourth day after you yeah. had that session with Clint. That's when things really ramped up. And again, it was it was rough, it was aggressive, but it was very intense. More than anything, it was intense. And that's what it took. It took three or four days to get to that point, which makes it worth it. Yeah. What's interesting, I don't even think you realize you do this, but sometimes like especially after I've been with Clint or now with Dean as well, they're both very dominant men. After I've been with them, you have a different look on your face when we're fucking. It's this like hunger for me. Well, also, let's keep in mind, in the four days between the time you played with Clint and then you were kind of fully recovered, I had already had another play session with Amy. Yeah, I know. So it was like all of this sexual bank. It was a bank right. sitting there just being stuffed full with sexual energy. Yeah. So day four, morning of day four after you played with Clint, I played with Amy first. Yep. And then later that night was when obviously you and I got back together when I got home from work. So I had all of that time built up between the time you played with Clint and then I played with her that morning, which had me going all fucking day long, obviously. Yeah. 
So by the time we got back together, Thursday night, Friday night, it was super fucking intense. And it, it's just all that, as you said, bankable energy. You yeah. Know? I mean, that's just what it is. So yeah, there's, a, there's totally a payoff. Sometimes it takes a little longer, you know, <laughs> depending on the situation. Worth the wait? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, when you think about the, you know, how much we play off of these experiences, like, yeah, it took a couple of days for you to get over the, you know, the initial soreness that you experienced, but we'll talk about it for, for weeks after. Yeah. You know, so it's not like it's one of those things that's one and done. You know, we benefit from it over the course of time. Yeah, I like that you don't need that immediate gratification. I'm really working on that with you and Amy because you typically play with her at like five o'clock in the morning yes. and then you and I don't reconnect until eight or nine o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night. Sometimes, yeah. And so it's really taught me to be patient because typically- Well, but you're not patient because well, you and I- Well, I've had to be patient. Yeah, but but you still want to hear about it right away. Like for me, <laughs> I don't want to know the details until we get back together. And sometimes I don't even know the details until we like maybe we'll do a recording or something or it's several days later i play with her at 5 a.m she leaves at 6 30 you and i see each other just briefly before you know i gotta jump in the shower and get to work but you're like i want to know the details right now so literally she's out the door you you guys got to say hello it's like to each a little other kid on christmas yeah you passed each other in the hallway and you're like okay tell me what happened I'm like you want to know right now and you just can't wait yeah like, you need some of the not all of them but you have to have some of those juicy details right away to kind of like give you some fuel for the day well, I still have to wait forever to have your cock in me. So Yeah, but it's like you want to know, like, how was it? And you got this look on your face like a kid at Christmas, you know? <laughs> well, it turns me on. I know, for sure. <laughs> but it's like, I, I want to wait. You don't want to wait. No, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> if I could jump your bones right then and there, I would. But you'd have to, you know, get ready for work and shit. Yeah, so. be totally late every day. So yeah, but that's uh, it's interesting that that you have you prefer that in, that immediate gratification, and I like to let it simmer just a little bit. Yeah, different people. For sure, <laughs> for sure we are. <laughs> so anyway, that was my Clint. Uh, like I said, return to the podcast, not necessarily return to the bedroom because there was another experience that yeah. we will talk about eventually. But I really wanted to dissect this one because I. Think it. Well, I've been thinking about it since it happened, and I loved it. And I also think it helped me push some boundaries with someone that I trust and really, really enjoy playing with. And I think that that's the key to this entire thing. We're so fucking lucky to have regular play partners that we've worked towards. You know, we we went through a lot of shit yeah. to get to Clint and. Amy and Hannah and these people that are, you know, friends and that have brought so much positivity to our lives and that I can have these crazy off the wall experiences with while still feeling safe and secure. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely something to that. We've talked about it all the time, being fortunate enough to have regular play partners who are friends. And a lot of people don't have that opportunity, certainly. And we've been very fortunate that we have connected with amazing people. Yeah. Especially at a time like this where you're not just running around indiscriminately meeting new folks. Yeah, not banging in cars. <laughs> no, that is... Not banging random couples in cars that you've never even talked to. I'm not entirely to. sure that should ever necessarily be a thing. I guess for some people it is. Listen, there's a level of that excitement when it comes to the unknown, right? There's definitely that, but... Where the fuck do you park? Uh, who can... Who knows? I don't know. Anyway, I have yeah. to get past that. My mind's still rattling and on that And there's plenty one. of places where we live where you could probably get away... Or, you know, oh, like out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I just, you know, like I said, we're just fortunate that we have the people in our lives that we have. And of course, I've talked about once we get moving that we're going to introduce all these folks to each other. I think it's only right that they get to know one another. I think they would really benefit from that. 
Absolutely. I completely agree. We've already kind of started laying the groundwork for that. So uh, yeah, hopefully absolutely. we can put it together. Yeah. You know who else I really love connecting with? Who's that? Our Patreon members. Oh, yeah. Telegram. We had a great, great day on Telegram today. Lots of new folks joining Telegram. And it just makes it that much more fun. I think there's like 112 people in our group right now. Yeah, absolutely. We've talked about it before that Telegram is our chat group with over 100 people in it. And we have some really thoughtful, interesting conversations. We share sexy photos. I think my favorite thing, though, is it's just a very supportive place to be. I know days that I'm stressed and feeling yucky about things, I can get in there and feel support from people and provide it right back. And that's fucking powerful, especially during this time. So if you want to be a part of that, it is just one of the bonuses that we offer to our Patreon members. We also offer weekly bonus episodes of Front Porch Swingers. We offer naughty Snapchat access and several other bonuses. So we hope that you'll consider heading on over to patreon.com slash front porch swingers. That is p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash front porch swingers. Check out the different tiers and just know that you'll be supporting us immensely if you get involved there. And we want to give a very big thank you to our newest Patreon members who are Aaron, Andrea, Melina, and FZ. We can't wait to connect with you guys more. We're also having a great time connecting on OnlyFans. Yes, gets very naughty on OnlyFans. Yeah, I my thing lately has been I'm trying to get as many bad in as possible before we hit the road because we won't have a bathtub anymore. No. So, and I fucking love my baths. It's my favorite thing in the whole world, as our OnlyFans subscribers know well, because I'm constantly posting nudes of myself in the bathtub, uh, as well as lots of other naughty stuff. So onlyfans.com slash front porch swingers. You can be a part of that fun. We hope to see you over there. You can also join us on social media, guys. We're on Twitter at FP swingers and Instagram at FP swingers too. And don't forget about our YouTube channel, putting lots of new stuff up there with lots of plans for stuff coming very soon. If you subscribe to our channel, which is called front porch swingers, you will get alerted when we put new videos up or when we go live. Uh, so we hope to see you there and also want to say a very big thank you to the people that left new reviews for us on apple Podcasts. we received a couple of really nice ones this week and it really supports the show it makes us more visible for people looking for content like ours so if you have a couple of minutes to support us over there leave a review and a couple sentences on why you like the show we would super appreciate it and like we said lots of stuff coming up i actually have a date i am going on tomorrow evening which is going to be different uh talked about maybe me spending the night so yeah. we'll see might have might have to because of the location and the time and yeah just you know it's a deer alley now where we live so it could be crazy driving home late at night could have some interesting updates for you there and i know brian has some dates planned throughout the week as well yeah i do so stay tuned for all of that info you know that we love sharing it all with you guys and as always thank you so much for listening thanks everybody what is our pick for the best place to find your next non-monogamous adventure? Altplayground.net. It is the most modern and inclusive lifestyle site out there. Whether you're a same-sex couple, an opposite-sex couple, bisexual couple, etc., etc., you are going to find people that understand you and want to connect with you on altplayground.net, which is why we absolutely love it. In addition to that, it has so many modern features like the podcast corner, the video corner, and communities like ours, Front Porch swingers. So we hope you'll come check it out for yourself today at altplayground.net.